0: This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Distributed by Inside HPC. Intel Maps Omniscale Future. And IBM moves InfiniBand to the cloud. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for dialing in to another episode of This Week in HPC, available on iTunes, Stitcher, RSS, from Intersect 360 Research, and from our friends at Inside HPC. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. We're with Intersect 360 Research. How are you doing today, Michael? Very well. How are you? Doing fine, thanks. You know, the summer goes on, Michael, and we keep finding new news to talk about. In fact, we've got to go back and grab one. that uh, it, I really don't think we have covered this appropriately back in the ISC time frame, although all of the pieces were there. Right. We had a follow-up conversation with Intel, and I wanted to take a harder look at Intel's announcements or perhaps previews of their roadmap with Intel Omniscale. Right. That was
1: part of their ninth landing uh, announcement at ISC, and it was sort of folded into that because um, it looks like that Omniscale, their inter- Their new uh, interconnect technology is going to be, is going to debut in Knights Landing. So it was just a brief mention there, but there's actually quite a bit going on behind the scenes. OmniScale is going to be their next-generation fabric going forward for a lot of their products.
0: Right. We talked about Knight's Landing, of course. But As we've talked through some of the dynamics in the interconnect space, Intel keeps really moving up the value chain, if you will. They've incorporated a lot of different technologies here, and we've talked about some of Intel's previous interconnect acquisitions, which included the InfiniBand business from QLogic, which got incorporated as Intel TrueScale, as well as some of the future hardware interconnect futures from uh, Cray, the, the follow-ons to the Ares Interconnect. Now, those really look like they're going together under a single umbrella going forward with Intel Omniscale.
1: Right. I think that's the idea. I mean, the, the TrueScale technology, a lot of the, the IP is going into Omniscale. It's going to be a a, a faster version of the TrueScale technology. Probably, they, they didn't talk about this specifically, but I'm guessing the 100 gigabits per second version of, uh, of InfiniBand that's underlined the, the OmniScale technology. And uh, I think they're using some of the expertise, at least from the, uh, from the Cray Interconnect uh, patents and, and the expertise they, they brought over to, to fold into this as well.
0: Now, they haven't really given a lot of the details about Intel Omniscale in terms of exact dates or speeds or or things of that nature. I think we'll probably hear a lot more in the supercomputing time frame as we go through to November. there, There are a few things that are clear here. One is... HPC is right in the crosshairs of what they're doing with OmniScale, right? Uh, they're talking about it as an HPC interconnect extreme scale. I I would infer that this keeps uh, Intel on the path to exascale, and we might talk about that a little bit. And they've talked about some of the functionality that will, will be incorporated generally in 2015, including PCIe adapters, edge switches, silicon photonics going into director systems, systems, an extension of the Intel software tools. So, there's a lot going on here as part of OmniScale overall.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the silicon photonics is obviously a big story because nobody has integrated that yet. But I think the other really big part of this is that they're they're integrating, um, or at least they'll have some versions that'll integrate the Omniscale on chips. So, we'll be putting them on Knight's Landing initially, but uh, down the road on, on Xeons as well, and maybe, maybe other types of chips as well. So, we're going to be basically putting the, the NIC the adapter on the chip for at least uh, some of the Omniscale offerings.
0: Well, that, I think, is is the huge differentiator here. We have heard other system vendors talking about silicon photonics. It came up just in a few recent podcasts, Michael. We were talking about it with IBM. We were right. talking about it with HP. But this idea of Intel... Building NIC or HBA functionality on chip, I think, is the most significant part of this announcement. It's something we've talked about behind the scenes with our, our clients about the potential for this to happen. Now looks like it's coming to fruition, and I think it really changes the dynamics of uh, the interconnect space. Uh, I think, Michael, you're right that that incorporation of NIC and HBA functionality on chip is the, the most important thing we're looking at here. We we have heard about silicon photonics from of the other vendors. Uh, we were just talking about it recently on other podcasts with IBM and, and HP and, and their Silicon Photonics futures there. But uh, with if, if Intel is incorporating NIC and HBA functionality on chip, this is something we've looked at kind of uh, behind the curtain a little bit with some of our other clients. But I think this really does change a lot of the dynamics of interconnect competition moving forward.
1: Right. And Intel has talked about this for, I think, a at least a, a year or two now, they've sort of uh, hinted that this is the way they're going, and this is sort of the first product uh, pre-announcement sort of that, that has this functionality in it. But yeah, you're right; it, it changes the landscape of uh, of network uh, vendors in a lot of ways. Especially if you're just a NIC provider, if you're just a NIC provider, this uh, this is something to think really hard about.
0: Yeah, I mean we haven't been talking about the Ethernet side of this, but remember Intel also acquired Fulcrum, so you know, we can assume that Ethernet is gonna be part of this as well. Ethernet right. nick Capabilities. So, if you're a Chelsea or Amulex, it pretty much threatens your your complete uh, existence, and and they'll have to find other ways to license technology, compete in some other way. Mellanox, I think this uh, you know has to be right in their crosshairs. Now they've been ahead of TrueScale on a lot of other developments right now, but if if TrueScale is integrated on chip or part of the functionality is integrated on chip with uh, Intel and going. Forward, you're competing with Omniscale, that definitely matures the competition space between Mellanox and Intel, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And especially if they come up to speed. I mean, Mellanox just announced their 100-gigabit their version of the Band, and I'm assuming this version coming out uh, within the end of this year or the beginning of next year will will also have the same 100-gigabit version. Uh, uh speed in it and and probably a similar type of latency so uh it is a bit of a catch up for intel but now they they might uh within a year they'll be on par with Mellanox, perhaps.
0: Well, and competing with Intel long-term on speed is a hard thing to do. Nevertheless, Mellanox is ahead, and the whole point of InfiniBand is speed, right? So right. if you're buying a high-speed interconnect, maybe you go to the one that's the highest speed. On the other hand, we can see how OmniScale evolves. And if you've got mm-hmm. Intel x86 chips inside your node, and they're somehow optimized to work better with the TrueScale or OmniScale fabric, whatever they're calling those elements in that time frame, then Mellanox looks more like an outsider. This is really, as I said at the beginning, Intel continuing to move up the value chain where they're incorporating more of these different parts of technologies. You know, it wasn't so long ago you would have thought of the x86 processor as the commodity component that could easily be replaced. I, this is a very deliberate move by Intel to incorporate more of the value uh, as, as part of what they're bringing to the table. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, especially with the. They're doing this integration. Those those offerings, I think, will offer, you know, a real performance and, and power performance boost over discrete uh, adapter. I think that's that's what they can sell there. If, if uh, the other vendors can't offer something like that, some sort of integration that's on par with that, uh, they're going to be at a disadvantage for for those customers who want that that sort of integration and can take advantage of the speed and power performance.
0: Let's talk about the other uh, topic that just gets brushed. At here, which is ExaScale, you know, is this the ex, Is this the fabric that takes us to ExaScale? And I think Intel would like us to think that it is.
1: Yeah, they sort of talked about it in, in that, uh, that context. I mean, this particular version of technology, this this uh, generation, won't be the one. But going forward, I think they are looking at this sort of integrated, uh, InfiniBand-based technology to build to build an ExaScale-capable fabric.
0: I will say, again, that I think Intel is trying to prepare to become the prime vendor on Exascale BIDs. So I think they've incorporated all of the technologies they need, with the possible exception of storage hardware, which could still come from somewhere else. But if you look at all the different components necessary, really, Intel's lining up to be that prime vendor, I think.
1: Well, certainly. I mean, they're they're putting more and more of the system on the chip Anyway, so in a sense, there's less, there's less system for, for system vendors per se, and, then, and more is concentrated right on the chip. So in a sense, they're doing it by default. They're becoming a prime just because there's so much on chip now.
0: Well, this wasn't the only uh, InfiniBand story we had this week in HPC, Michael. We also saw uh, a development on the IBM side, a uh, you know, competitor to Intel now, but IBM is moving InfiniBand into the cloud with their software offering. Right,
1: they decided to add uh, a soft uh, an InfiniBand option to some of their their SoftLayer servers that they're using for their public cloud. Now, SoftLayer, I think, before this was was strictly Ethernet-based uh, servers, but uh, IBM has a lot of technical computing customers, and probably they, at least a portion of them, want that sort of performance, uh, speed, and latency of InfiniBand. So they've added that offering to the SoftLayer now.
0: And this is again very directly APC-focused. Targeted, IBM wasn't shy in their press release of talking about high performance applications that want to move to the cloud that require InfiniBand solutions. And that's the reason for their incorporation of these InfiniBand offerings with the idea that they're going to take market share directly away from Amazon and Google. Right. Now, Amazon
1: and Google don't have InfiniBand instances now. So, I mean, it's. At this point, they're only competing against a, sort of a small group of, of, of cloud offerings that offer that. And IBM is, is obviously now the biggest company offering an InfiniBand option in there. So uh, I think they'll compete very well.
0: I'm not sure I care about that, though. And there aren't a whole lot of HPC applications being run in the cloud already. And those that really require high performance, a lot of them tend to be pretty data heavy. Moving the data in and out of the cloud is a much bigger barrier than, than what the speed of the network is once you're there.
1: Right. These would only be for applications that uh, that need the tight coupling. So the MPI applications, certain types of MPI applications that need the the nodes the node, to node. Uh, performance, So it, it is a subset of, of HPC, but it's a, it's a fairly big subset. The, the problem up until now is that most of those are being run on on-premise on clusters, and, and not many of those have migrated to the cloud just because of those kind of performance issues.
0: I mean, look, cloud is obviously something that we keep looking at that our clients are very excited about. It's been a hot topic of conversation. We've uh, kind of beat the hornet's nest by saying we haven't seen a whole lot of adoption option of HPC Cloud yet, although we think it can grow. We've got uh, kind of an elbow right now in the growth of HPC Cloud. Um, Maybe you get to where you're moving more of your applications out there, but the the huge satisfaction gaps that we still find are people are very worried about security, and people are very worried about data movement. How do I get the data in and out of the cloud? Once it's in the cloud, am I locked into that as a cloud vendor? Right? Because the one thing you can't do is keep moving all this data all over the place. And it's not a matter for HPC applications of using public data sets all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean that that is a problem. It's, it's an ongoing problem. I don't I don't know how that gets solved because people, I mean these vendors are offering different cloud configurations, so you're always sort of locked in. If you you can't jump around from Google to Amazon to IBM to Microsoft all that easily now, it's not like there's APIs and configurations that that are just transparent across all those all those configurations. So it, I think that is a problem, and and the other the other impediments you mentioned as well are problems. But you know, their IBM I think is looking is sort of this niche and finding, you know, there's there's not that many people serving it. And I think they're hoping uh, with with their name brand and, and their infrastructure and their software support behind it they'll they'll attract some of those applications to their
0: offering. Well, and I think they've got a good shot at that. You're Really, you're competing more for future customers here than for existing customers, as more of the entry-level and mid-range engineering-based types of applications might migrate toward cloud, and you look for that growth in that missing middle segment. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of it so far. Or you know, There's been notable case studies, of course, but just from a volume or revenue standpoint, it doesn't move the needle that much on the market overall. Now, you know, you're talking HPC in the cloud. Someone's going to have to have InfiniBand at some point. That's a nice competition point for SoftLayer. Uh, I don't think it's the biggest barrier. I think it's you know well down the list of barriers for HPC in the cloud, but, but I will put it out there as a nice-to-have.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. It's a nice-to-have.
0: I think that about wraps up our news for this week, Michael.
1: All right. Sounds good. Hopefully, we'll, we'll catch the news uh, next week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some interesting
0: stories as well. All right. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening. To This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high performance computing. Distributed by Inside HPC, news without noise for the high performance computing professional. For more information, visit intersect360.com and insidehpc.com.